विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नितिनामिने नमस्ते सरस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिने निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चत्तारिणे शील प्रौपाद की हरे कृष्ण so how is everybody? I know you must be quite tired after, because everyone drove from quite a distance. And many of you have flown also and then drove. Mother Rukmini, thank you very much for coming. And I heard that you picked them up, <laughs> Rati Manjari, and brought them here. Thank you so much. Where is Anutama Prabhu? Oh, yeah, right. Actually, yeah, I also have to rush back because <laughs> we have a meeting. So when is he going to India? This Sunday, okay. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday is 20, 27. Oh, okay, he's flying from Washington. I'm also flying on Sunday. Sunday night, I'm flying. From here, I just go to the airport and then fly. Thank you, Hare Krishna. 
So thank all of you for coming. It's, uh, I just had another retreat just before coming here. I was in Spain and as most of you know, I am organizing these retreats to be able to spend some time with you all. I felt at one time that instead of me just going to different places only for a short while, it would be better to just spend a few days together, let everybody come and we get together and spend some quality time together. And, and the first one I had was in 19, I'm sorry, 2007 in Switzerland. Then I had the next one I had in Orlando. That was in 2008. And since then, practically every year, we are having retreats in four different places, like uh, America, Europe, South Africa, and Australia. And India, of course, who joined <laughs> five places for that matter. And so, and different years, we take different topics and use the, speak on the same topic, like one year we did Ramayana. I did Ramayana because I felt that if I did Mahabharata first, then there won't be any room for doing the Ramayana again. So I did the, started off with Ramayana. And that also I did because I noticed that uh, too much philosophical discussions uh, tend to make everyone fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that how everyone wakes up when, they, when I told them some stories. So then I thought, why not stories from our scriptures? Like Ramayana, the next year I did Mahabharata. And it was very nice in a way because that also forced me to read Ramayana more carefully <laughs> and Mahabharata. In this way, different years, we had been doing different topics, like Krishna's pastimes. I think last year was Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. This year, I was actually planning to do Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. But then we came out, came out then this book came out, Srila Prabhupada's position as founder Acharya of ISKCON. And GBC body asked the senior members to speak on that wherever they went because <clears throat> establishing Srila Prabhupada's position is very important for our movement. 
and so that's why uh, this year I selected that I'll give the seminar uh, on Srila Prabhupada's position but at the same time we'll also discuss about other topics for example in the morning in during Bhagavatam class we will discuss about the prayers of Queen Kunti then 11 to 1 will be the seminar on Srila Prabhupada's position and then in the evening we'll have uh, in the evening we'll have Krishna Katha or Gaur Katha? Gaur Katha. Okay, that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh it is at 10, from 10.30 to 12.30 is Founder Acharya uh, seminar and anyway the program will be like uh, starting from tomorrow 4.30 a.m. Mangalaratik regular Mangalaratik in the temple then announcements and Tulsi Puja 5.30 to 7 o'clock is Japa then 7 to 8 Bhagavatam class uh, the topic is prayers of Queen Kunti and 8 o'clock is deity greetings 8.10 Guru Puja so the first the Bhagavatam class will be before the deity greetings and then uh, Guru Puja breakfast breakfast is from 9 to 10.30 uh, well, that's a long time to take breakfast. <laughs> but what you can probably do is just take a little rest after breakfast and then get ready for the class, Founder Acharya. And then 1 to 2.30 again is lunch prashad. And 4.30 to 6.30, Gaur Katha. Uh, then 6.30 to 7.30 Kirtan and then 7.30 to 8.30 Dinar Prashad and by 9.30 lights out <laughs> everyone go to bed early uh, early to bed and makes you <laughs> Makes you healthy, wealthy, and Krishna conscious. <laughs> <coughs> so, uh, we will. Uh, the way it was here, the way it has been printed here, I can see that uh, one day I'll give the Bhagavatam class. Say, for example, tomorrow I'll give the Bhagavatam class. Then, Rabindra Sarup Prabhu will speak on the founder Acharya uh, Prabhupada founder Acharya as you all know the Ravinsar Prabhu wrote the book and uh, we are very fortunate to have Ravinsar Prabhu here and we are also very fortunate to have Mother Rukmini here uh, so we'll uh, make some adjustments so that Mother Rukmini also uh, can 
And one of the considerations actually is, uh, anyway, let me just go through it. So then in the evening, we are supposed to give Gaur Katha together, Ravin Prabhu and myself. And then day after tomorrow, Bhagavatam class was Ravin Prabhu, then Deity greetings, Guru Puja. Then I was going to speak on the founder Acharya. And then Gold Katha in the evening together. And day after tomorrow, uh, prayers by Queen Kunti. Uh, I was supposed to give the Bhagavatam class and Ravinsara Prabhu was going to give the founder Acharya. Uh, uh, oh, okay, okay, fine. Mother Rukmini is here on the third day speaking on founder Acharya. <laughs> uh, okay. And then 27th, 27th, I was supposed to give the Bhagavatam class and then, okay, that day, no uh, Prabhupada, the founder Acharya, then initiation class uh, by me and Ravin Prabhu has his Vaspuja. Uh, closing words uh, from 11.30 to 12. 12 to 1 is Maha Arati Kirtan, 1 to 2 p.m. lunch. And lunch to go boxes provided for devotees needing to leave early. Okay. And I'll be one of them. No, I won't be. No. Okay. So that's, that's fine, that's fine. But I was just thinking that uh, although Mother Rukmini is giving one day the discussion, I mean, the uh, seminar on Founder Acharya, but she's not giving the Bhagavatam class. So we will make some adjustments. Uh, then the third day, you can do both the Bhagavatam class and the Founder Acharya lecture. <laughs> okay, so we'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> and this, to tell you frankly, when I was considering first about uh, giving a seminar on Founder Acharya, I was wondering how it will be because I was thinking that it could it could it could have been a little dry a topic or kind of you know concerning ISKCON and management and so forth. And I was very surprised to see that uh, in Spain where I give the first retreat on this topic, first seminar on this topic, it was very well taken. There were about 120 devotees and they were very enlivened. All of them were very enlivened. 
Before that also I spoke to different places and like I was in, first I was in Italy, in Medolago, Milan. In the evening I spoke on Prabhupada's position as the founder Acharya. Uh, it was very well taken. Then the next I went to Radha Desh. There also I spoke on this topic. And I can see that how eager the devotees are to be reassured of their relationship with Srila Prabhupada. And I also becoming aware that as spiritual masters, we actually have to be the via medium, not a transparent via medium, not an opaque via medium. Like transparent, meaning not only no light is being obstructed, not only that, this our consideration of transparent via medium is even more profound. Like our understanding of via medium is like a magnifying glass or a, uh, or a uh, glass, glasses. It is between the eyes and the object, but it, instead of obscuring the vision, obstructing the vision, it enhances the vision. So in ISKCON, we actually have the responsibility, the devotees of ISKCON, special, the leading devotees of ISKCON, special, the spiritual masters of ISKCON, have the responsibility to magnify Srila uh, Prabhupada to the devotees who are joining, those who are coming. The more we do that, the stronger our movement will be. Srila Prabhupada's position is very important because we need an institution. Without an institution, such a massive wor work of spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world to every town and village is not going to be possible. Because we have seen, anyway we'll discuss that in details when, it, when we discuss. In the, but briefly I just wanted to also say that <clears throat> we are, in a way, we are very fortunate because we have seen what happened to Gauriyamat after Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur's disappearance. Gauriyamat was, Gauriya mission, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur's institution was a very vibrant institution, very dynamic institution. Can you imagine those days, about, almost about 100 years ago, they had 63 temples in India. To have 63 temples in India at that time was some, something very, very remarkable. And soon after Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's disappearance, not only the preaching stopped, but the institution collapsed. Why the institution collapsed? In order to secure the institution, uh, two factors are very important. 
One is the head of the institution, recognizing the head of the institution, permanent position in the institution. The founder, Acharya, not only the founder, but the spiritual head of the institution. And the other consideration is the collective management, the concept of collective management. Like what happened in Gauriamat soon after Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur's disappearance, you see, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur emphatically told them to, con to continue the mission collectively forming a GBC body. That means a collective concept of management. And he never mentioned anything about who would be the next Acharya or who would be the Guru. He didn't mention a single thing about that. But unfortunately, soon after his disappearance, some of his leading disciples considered that how can a spiritual organization be run by a bunch of managers? A spiritual institution needs a head. And that means an Acharya. So they appointed an Acharya. And when that Acharya fell down, you can well imagine the structure collapsed. And Prabhupada said, then everybody wanted to become Acharya. First they wanted, appointed one Acharya, that Acharya fell down, then everybody wanted to become the Acharya. And as a result of that, we saw what happened. They did not, they did not adhere or they did not abide by that instruction of uh, the concept of collective management. Now, institution means a massive, large body. Like, this is another thing. You see, in the past, the, in India, the gurus used to have their ashram. And in their ashram, they would train their handful of disciples. And then they would hand over the legacy to a successor. And other disciples, when they wanted to have also uh, continue to do their mission, they would set up their ashram and this is how they would continue. In a small little structure, that could be possible. But when we think of an international mission, spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world in every town and village. It needs a massive organization. And to hold the organization together, as I said, these two factors are absolutely essential. One is the permanent position of the head of the institution, and the other is the collective concept of ma management, generation after generation. And Prabhupada was very emphatic about that. You see, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur was emphatic about the collective concept of management through the GBC, but he did not mention anything about his position in the institution. But when you see Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada was emphatic about both the factors. 
his position as a founder acharya now you see <clears throat> i used to often wonder in one hand shri prabhupada is so humble prabhupada i saw in one hand prabhupada did not want to accept any credit for anything i remember once <clears throat> in calcutta there was a press conference and one of the reporters were very eloquently glorifying shila prabhupad saying that chaitanya mahaprabhu spread krishna consciousness throughout india but shila prabhupad spread krishna consciousness throughout the world implying that shila prabhupad did something greater than shri chaitanya mahaprabhu in a way which is true like mahaprabhu did not spread all over the world but he predicted that it will happen and then shila prabhupad came and made it happen but prabhu's response was i haven't done anything it is chaitanya mahaprabhu and my guru maharaj that did everything they simply gave me the credit for that they did everything but they simply gave the credit to me so that is uh, one experience i had a couple of weeks after that in bombay a big newspaper article came out uh one of the main newspapers i think times of india or something like that and it was about our juhu project that was under construction at that time so it was about the juhu project there was a big article and kamal krishna maharaj was reading it out uh, and to reading it out to shila prabhupada and then at one point uh, prabhupada just asked who these people are interviewing i mean who actually gave all this information so kamal krishna maharaj found out that it was one of the sannyasis who was leading the project so prabhupada called him prabhupada asked him to call him and prabhupada was so heavy you know why because prabhupada noticed that there was no mention of shila prabhupada's name as the founder acharya in that whole article and i was really surprised because i was thinking that in one hand shila prabhupada is so humble but here shila prabhupada is so particular about uh, his position as the founder acharya and because it was not mentioned there that way prabhupada was so upset but of course i didn't allow this thought to dwell in my mind i just brushed it aside then later on i realized why it took me many years to recognize why shila prabhupada was so particular prabhupada was particular not because of his aggrandizement but prabhupada was particular because of the 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 integrity of our institution uh, the security of our institution so that the institution remains intact that's why prabhupada's position was so prabhupada's position as the founder acharya was so is so important 
And uh, of course, uh, Prabhupada was very emphatic about the concept of collective management through the GPC. As we have seen, like Prabhupada himself secured the GBC body, the concept of GBC. And to give it the absolute importance, what did Prabhupada say? The GBC is the ultimate managing authority of ISKCON. And Prabhupada placed himself as a member of the GBC. So naturally he was the founder, he was the head of the institution so what to speak of the GBC concept, uh, the head of the head of the GBC, where Prabhupada placed himself as a member of the GBC. And today we can see, uh, in spite of so many difficulties, in spite of so many difficulties, ISKCON is not only together, but ISKCON is expanding, ISKCON is growing. You know how long it took for Goryamat to fall apart? Three days after Bhakti Siddhanta Sri Thakur's disappearance, they started to fight in two factions. And then within a few months, it was completely devastated. First of all, there were two groups. They were fighting among themselves. And then eventually we saw, like, it just fell apart. And, uh, and the result is, now we, we also have to remember one thing. You know, most of the sannasis of Gauriyamat, they maintained their spiritual life. Uh, hardly anyone fell down. Most of the sannasis of Gauriyamat uh, continued their spiritual life. But because the institution collapsed, Although they had their respective ashram, temples, and uh, group of disciples, and they were doing some preaching, but that massive preaching mission that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri established, that disintegrated. That fell apart. See, individually they were continuing in the spiritual life, but what happened to the preaching mission? The preaching mission became ineffective because that institution was not there. And Prabhupada actually told us before leaving this planet that don't make the same mistakes that my God brothers made after Guru Maharaja's disappearance. They wanted, he wanted them to maintain the institution collectively, but they did not, they didn't listen to him. They just appointed an Acharya, the Acharya fell down, the structure collapsed, then everyone wanted to become an Acharya. So don't make the same mistake. And we can see in ISKCON, why ISKCON is still together with such uh, intensity, uh, with such massive efficacy in preaching, effectivity in preaching, because of the institution. ISKCON had gone through major, major difficulties. Like, probably Rabindu Prabhu can give the history, because he's, he loves to speak about that. 
And like ISKCON had gone through many difficulties after Prabhupada's disappearance. And Goryamat, in Goryamat we saw one leader falling down. In ISKCON we had, so initially there was a concept that 11 gurus are succeeding Srila Prabhupada. And out of those 11 gurus, within seven years' time, six of them fell down. So it caused a massive damage to a movement. Because when the guru fell down, the disciples left with the gurus. They lost their faith in the process. And this way there have been so many also, in the beginning, after, soon after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance, the way some of the leading devotees are conducting themselves, that completely discouraged the other god-brothers and god-sisters, and they left, they left the movement. As a result of that, today we see how many of Prabhupada's disciples are in ISKCON actively involved today. Very few, very few. Why is that? We can see that these are such massive losses. Most of the individuals, those who are in the leading position during Prabhupada's time, hardly anyone is still around. So these are causing, these, must, these have caused such great damage to the institution. But still, ISKCON is alive. And not only alive, ISKCON is growing. And ISKCON is becoming stronger and stronger. And now, uh, the way things are progressing, at least I feel very, very optimistic about the future of ISKCON. And uh, to, as I said, the two factors are essential in this. Prabhupada's position as the founder Acharya and the concept of collective management through the GBC. And, uh, because of these two factors, the institution of ISKCON is intact. As I was saying, Gauriyama disintegrated soon after Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Shashitaka's disappearance. But ISKCON, 37, after Shri Lupra, 37 years after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance, ISKCON is becoming stronger and stronger. ISKCON is not only is there, but it is becoming stronger. So these are some very, very positive signs. And as I was saying, why do we need an institution? Because <clears throat> personalities like Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Srila Prabhupada, they're extremely rare. They, they come only once in a blue moon, personalities like. Srila Prabhupada comes to this world. We are fortunate that these three personalities came in succession. And actually these three personalities are Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's arrangement to fulfill his prediction. If we look at the history of Gauriya Vaishnavism, then we see that during Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's time, Krishna Consciousness movement actually spread all over India. 
it spared it in a, in a tremendous way. But soon after his disappearance, soon means about 250 years, within 250 years after his disappearance, his teachings were completely lost, completely eclipsed by the Apasampradayas. In such a way that when Bhakti Vinod Thakur was here, people did not, as cultured, educated people, in Bengal at least, did not want to have anything to do with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because what was going on in the name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings completely repulsed those people. And it's understandable. In simple words I can say, just consider if in the name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if someone promotes meat-eating, intoxication, illicit sex and gambling, will you identify yourself with that movement? And that's what was going on. At least intoxication and illicit sex. You know, some groups are just promoting that and people thought that this is Mahaprabhu's teachings. Therefore, they didn't want to have anything to do with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission. The situation was so bad that when Bhakti Vinod Thakur <coughs> was looking for a Chaitanya Charitamrita, he couldn't find a single one in the entire Bengal. He couldn't find a single Chaitanya Charitamrita in whole of Bengal. Only in Orissa he found a handwritten copy. Of course, those days everything was handwritten practically. And he took that Chaitanya Charitamrita, gave his Amrita Prabhaha Bhashya or commentary, and then he started to print that. And that is how he started the revival of Mahaprabhu's teachings. See, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, inundated the whole of India with Krishna consciousness. Then, uh, it was lost. Mahaprabhu's teachings and Mahaprabhu's dham disappeared. And then, in that dark age, Bhaktivinoda Thakur came and started the revival of Mahaprabhu's mission. He gave the blueprint of Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement's propagation of Krishna consciousness. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur came right after him to give it a shape. And then Srila Prabhupada came to take it uh, throughout the world and make Mahaprabhu's prediction come true. Now we notice one thing that Prabhupada, both Prabhupada and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, while establishing their preaching mission, they were aware that this mission is not going to be accomplished in one lifetime. It's naturally, it's understandable. What is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission? Not only every town, not only all over the world, but every town and village. 
So is it going to happen in one lifetime? No. Therefore, to continue that mission, there was a need of an institution. And Srila Prabhupada could understand the, the spirit of his spiritual master. And he was the only one who could understood, who could understand that. Anyway, these are all uh, <laughs> different topics. I don't want to get into that. But I just want to point out the importance of an institution to continue such a mission is, uh, is extremely essential. Uh, because uh, just consider if, uh, I mean, we don't really have to go very far. We can see what happened in Goryamant. They are the, inst the institution was established, preaching was going on in a wonderful way. Uh, but soon after Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur's uh, disappearance, when they appointed an Acharya, and uh, the Acharya fell down, the structure collapsed. Now, see, that is the problem. Such a large institution, to have one person as the head of the institution, is not going to work. In one hand, our, our frailty, our spiritual deficiency is one thing that, you know, we are, we are fallible. As we saw, that big, big leaders have fallen down. Like, so we are fallible. That is one problem in one hand. Another thing is that, especially in this age of Kali, uh, people are envious. So you appoint one person as the head of the institution, not that everybody will be able to accept it. So then we are running the risk of the institution disintegrating. Now consider, uh, who will ever doubt or become envious of Srila Prabhupada's position? Because he is the founder Acharya. He established that institution. From the scratch, he built it up. Uh, so there, there is a need of a head. So let Prabhupada be that head for all time. Now, we can also refer to certain other considerations. Look at all the successful spiritual organization. Uh, the first thought that comes to my mind is Christianity. Now look at Christianity. The position of Jesus Christ in Christianity is uh, absolutely secured. Will anybody ever be able to come and take over the position of Jesus? No. Christianity may have disintegrated into different groups. But Jesus' position in Christianity is uh, intact forever. Same thing with Islam. Muhammad's position is secure completely. <clears throat> in small way also we have seen, uh, Prabhupada actually told us to watch Ramakrishna mission, although Prabhupada was completely <laughs> you know, opposed to Ramakrishna and Vivekananda, but Prabhupada appreciated their, their institution. And what is there? There also see, 
Huh? One credit we have to give to Vivekananda that he secured the position of Ramakrishna. And that's why Ramakrishna mission, in spite of so many years, after his disappearance, is still kind of together and going strong. So the point is, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted Krishna consciousness movement will spread all over the world in every town and village. Will it happen? Who can ever doubt? If we accept that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who can ever doubt uh, the, uh, that his words will come true? So that is one thing. Now how it is going to happen? In Go Again, we can refer back to Gauriyaman. Like individually, they were practicing Krishna consciousness. Their spiritual life was quite immaculate. They were preaching, they had their ashrams and all. But what happened to that massive preaching mission? It fell apart. Therefore, it becomes quite clear in our minds that the institution is absolutely essential to continue the mission. Now, in ISKCON we are seeing, uh, like so many difficulties ISKCON has gone through. Uh, like, you know, right after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance, we faced one calamity called the zonal acharya system. And that zonal acharya system caused so much damage, caused such a loss, practically, you know, most of Prabhupada's disciples had lost faith in the institution and left. Then they, they fell down, they, they left, their disciples left. Uh, such a massive loss. But in, and this is how one after another there had been so many damages. Uh, then as you know, like ISKCON had been very badly affected by some individuals who had been claiming that Srila Prabhupada did not give us everything. We have to go to them to get the real stuff and so forth. Prabhupada gave us the ABCD, now to get the higher stuff we have to go to them and so forth. And so many people, so many devotees had been misled uh, out of his con. But in spite of all these damages, ISKCON is still together and the worldwide mission is going on, preaching mission is going on, it's expanding and intelligent class of people are being attracted to Krishna consciousness. Especially we notice that in India, you know, intelligent youth are becoming very much affected by ISKCON. They're joining in numbers. And in the West also, like recently we are seeing the success in Radhat Maharaj's preaching. Very intelligent class of people, successful individuals, successful professionals, exalted personalities, they are, they are becoming open to Krishna consciousness. They're listening. So, uh, we have to give the credit to Radhanath Maharaj for this massive preaching work that he's accomplishing. And these are the signs. The world is opening up. The world is getting ready to accept Krishna consciousness. 
And it's all because we all are together in the institution of ISKCON. If we disintegrated purely, we could carry on individually in our small little temple that as Gauriamat people are doing, but, but the worldwide mission wouldn't have been there. So that is why <clears throat> we have to recognize Srila Prabhupada's position in ISKCON, and then only in the light of Srila Prabhupada's position as the founder Acharya, we'll get to recognize what ISKCON actually is and what ISKCON is supposed to achieve. Anyway, so this is <laughs> the objective of our <laughs> seminar uh, for next few days, Prabhupada's position as the founder Acharya. And um, uh, please be uh, very, very vigilant and very open. And I know you'll have many questions. Feel free to ask the question. Uh, Prabhupada always wanted us to be, us to be properly situated in right under proper understanding. That uh, we are dealing with uh, absolute truth. Therefore, we are ready to discuss about anything and we are ready to answer any question that you may have to dispel the doubts that you may have. So thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I just wanted to uh, tell you what this seminar is going to be all about. Maybe you can take a few questions if there is any. Mother Rukmini, would you like to say something? It's very interesting to hear you talk about Prabhupada's humility and how you were a bit bewildered why he was stressing this founder Acharya. Mm -hmm. But it's the, the way you're bringing it all to conclusion, it's very interesting. The, how Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati did not stress that one point, and Srila Prabhupada put these two together. Yeah. I think that's profound. Thank you. Now we are listening, we are waiting to listen to you. <laughs> Do you know that Mother Rukmini is one of the first devotees in the earth to join ISKCON? She, and she was, she did so much, she rendered so much service to Srila Prabhupada. And, and she was very dear to Srila Prabhupada also. And, so these are the devotees who actually came and made ISKCON happen. The early days, you see at least today we are being attracted to ISKCON and Srila Prabhupada because Prabhupada's greatness has become manifest. ISKCON's glory has become established. But those days our movement was very, very new. 
Like Prabhupada was just an elderly Indian who just came to America. But just consider that these are the devotees who offered themselves completely to serve to Srila Prabhupada. Of course, Srila, Srila Prabhupada was an extremely attractive personality. But at the same time, we also have to see, in, in, although Srila Prabhupada was such an attractive personality, but in India hardly anyone recognized Srila Prabhupada. When Prabhupada was in India, Prabhupada didn't have a sin. He had only one disciple. And that also, he also didn't follow him. But these young Americans recognize Srila Prabhupada. So what, is, what does it indicate? This indicates that these devotees are not ordinary devotees. <laughs> these devotees have been sent by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to assist Srila Prabhupada to fulfill his mission. Like uh, Mother Rukmini and Mukunda Maharaj, uh, he did so much for Srila Prabhupada. Then Shamsundar Prabhu, Jamuna Mataji, Maluti Mataji, Gurudas Prabhu. These three couples, they actually started the center in San Francisco. Actually, Mukunda Maharaj got the 26-second avenue for Srila Prabhupada. Then Prabhupada asked him to go to San Francisco. Then he joined up with his two other friends, Shamshundar Prabhu and Gurudas Prabhu and their girlfriends. They set up San Francisco, which caused a great revolution at that time. In the, youth, in the world of the youth of America. Then these three couples went to England, started the movement there, uh, influenced George Harrison. And anyway, Iskon's history is so glorious. And <clears throat> so this is how, by the help of these young Americans, Srila Prabhupada established his con and spread it all over the world. Thank you so much, Mother Rukmini. Yes, Aditya. So, uh, like we use the term like guru in the sense that, uh, like we say, that everyone should become a guru to us. But um, also, like when you consider the word Acharya, obviously Acharya is a person who teaches by example. But then Iskola may have a special distinction for Acharya. So I was just wondering if you could make a, is there a distinction between Guru and Acharya as Like just in the It's the same. Guru and Acharya the same. Like, you see, the Guru is used in a more loose way for the expression of teacher, like a dance guru, music guru, 
right? Cooking guru. <laughs> so, you know, like any teacher, uh, even in the school, <clears throat> the teachers are considered to be sort of gurus, right? But when it comes to guru in the context of spiritual education, spiritual master, spiritual teacher, then he is expected to teach by his own example. And that guru is Acharya. So in a way, we have to say that a spiritual teacher, a person who is imparting spiritual wisdom, is an Acharya. And like, I mean, we can see in Iskon, like all the members of Iskon are Acharyas. No meat eating, no intoxication, no illicit sex, and no gambling. This is how they're, you know, preaching what they're practicing themselves. How many people can do that in this world today? But in Iskon, every devotee is expected to do that. <coughs> and they're giving the highest spiritual benefit, chanting of the Maha Mantra. This benefit was rare even for Lord Shiva. Can you, believe, can you imagine? This was rare even for Lord Brahma. And they are distributing it to anyone and everyone. So aren't they Acharyas? Yes, they are. But that doesn't mean that, you know, like, uh, they have to, they demand, they will demand, you know, certain degree of worship. Vaishnavas are not interested in worship or even any recognition. And that's what is very, that's what we have to do in ISKCON, you know, like our mood should be, let all the glory be to Srila Prabhupada. All, we say that, all glory is to Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> so let it be the standard. And we all be, we will be glorified uh, as ISKCON expands and ISKCON becomes successful in establishing Mahaprabhu's mission. Okay, thank you all very much. So we can have a little kirtan and end it today.
कृष्णपृष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदात स्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सरस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्यादिशिने शील प्रौपाद Let's welcome His Holiness Bhakti Charan Swami to the 2014 